was not just the wood, it was the weight of the world upon him. And the Bible says that he was the Lamb of God and is the Lamb of God. And our last song we sang together about the fountain filled with blood, it's the blood of the Lamb, and it's the Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ, is who that's referring to. And so as we read together in the Bible, I want to go some different places and talk about something that is why the Lamb passed on the cross, why the Lamb gave his life on the cross and, of course, rose again three days later, but why? It's because of his book of life. The Bible refers to something called the Lamb's Book of Life. The Bible says that Jesus Christ was not beginning, did not actually begin in Bethlehem. We celebrate Christmas because that's when he came to earth and was born as a baby, but that's not the beginning of Jesus. The Bible says Jesus always was, and John chapter 1 says that he was in the beginning with God and he was God. And all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And so... I recognize him as creator of the world. And so the Lamb's Book of Life, it's just the record of every human being that was ever given life. And um, we'll look at that together and understand that today. But in Psalm 56 and verse 8, it says, Thou tellest my wanderings, David wrote. Put thou my tears into thy bottle. Are they not written in thy book? And so we see this book being referred to here by David. And he talks about, collecting the tears and i think that's just a figurative poetic way of saying that god notices everything and uh, god keeps perfect record of us he cares about us he loves us he desires uh, more for us than we even understand and and so he keeps record of us and god keeps a record of everyone's life uh whether it's just the human life or eternal life which i hope that you have or will have today malachi chapter 3 and verse 16 and 17 says then they that feared the lord spake often one to another and the lord hearkened and heard it and a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the lord and that thought upon his name and they shall be mine saith the lord of hosts in that day when i make up my jewels and i will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him And so the Bible talks about a book of remembrance that was written and how that God will take those who are his and make them his jewels. And so, again, the idea of a book. Then Psalm 139, if you'll turn there with me in Psalm 139, here's a passage that I think is very interesting. I would encourage you to take time to read the whole chapter. Uh, We'll just read one or two verses right now. But Psalm 139, it says in verse 16, It's talking about David saying that God knew him before he was even born. Before he even started to be formed in his mother's womb, God knew him, knew about him. It says in in verse 16, Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written, which in contentions were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. And so, the whole concept here of God knowing about us even before we're born. Now, I don't know everybody in this room, and I don't know what you think, but let me just tell you that human life begins before you're born. Human life begins at conception. And there are places in the Bible where we understand, for instance, we're getting ready to celebrate Christmas pretty soon, and when, when uh, Elizabeth went to visit Mary, the mother of Jesus, humanly speaking, When Elizabeth, who had just been told that she, in her old age, would have a a, a son, when she then visited Mary, the Bible says that uh, the baby leaped in her womb. 
when she heard, when, when, excuse me, when Mary called out Elizabeth and, and, and Mary visited Elizabeth and she, and she called out to her, the Bible says that John the Baptist inside of Elizabeth leaped in her womb as soon as he heard Mary's voice. And, and I don't know, I don't know how many in here could, could give a, a testimony of this, but I'm sure many of you probably experienced something like this where, um, for instance, um, your children before they were born got accustomed to certain things. Or uh, I remember talking to one f- uh, family, they said that uh, they, they, they would, when they were pregnant with twins, Mrs. was pregnant with twins, uh, her sister would come over and she'd always pat her belly and say, how's Pookie doing? And, uh, and then, hello, Pookie. And it actually was twins. And, uh, and she said, you know, that was kind of a joke. Well, when, when the two babies were born, the twins were born, they did not name either one of them Pookie. Uh, but, but years later, the two twins were playing and just having fun together. And the one twin lifted up their shirt and the other twin was patting their belly and saying, Pookie, Pookie, Pookie. They have no idea where they got that from. Uh, I remember years ago when our oldest was born, uh, my, my wife plays the piano for the church all, all the time. And, and um, she had little Caleb in this little, you know, bassinet there and right next to the piano. And someone after church said, I can't believe that he can just sit there and sleep the whole time you're playing. And, and we said, well, he's been doing it for about nine months. So he's used to it. And, and the point, though, is, is that God's book includes all the members before they're even function you know or totally fashioned god keeps a record of our life even humanly speaking in fact matthew chapter 10 verse 29 through 31 says are not two sparrows sold for a farthing and one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father but the very hairs of your head are all numbered fear you not therefore ye are more value than sparrows in other words god pays attention to the little birds outside and god even knows how many hairs you have on your head God pays attention to details. He has a bottle that, that, that keeps record of your tears. God keeps record of you and I. And, and, and so never think that God doesn't care about humanity. God made humanity. God created us, and he's more interested in us and knows more about us than we know of ourselves. God keeps a record book of everyone's life. But then secondly, though, I want to point out this, and this is something you've got to understand. Though having life not every life is permanent not every life is a permanent has a permanent record in heaven not every life is permanently recorded in heaven not every human life is permanent see we must have something the bible calls eternal life the Bible tells us that we, have, we can have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. If you think that means that we'll just live forever as is now, that's not what he's referring to. He's talking about a new life and it is a spiritual born again experience as the Bible says, being born again into a new family, a new life. And this old life will pass away this old body will get old and pass away but i will go somewhere and i think every human being deep down because they are created by god they know that life is a gift life is special there's just something different about shooting an animal and hunting or something like that versus shooting a person or killing a person there's just something different about it we know 
something within us. We know, and, and we know that when someone dies, as we have one of our ladies of our church right now laying in her probably deathbed right now, breathing close to the last time as cancer is taking over parts of her body. And we know that even when that body lies there lifeless and there's no more breath, that that individual is somewhere. There's just something in us that tells us they're somewhere. <clears throat> and, and that is the eternity part of things. And that is the life more abundantly that Jesus talked about. The life in heaven versus hell. And so not every human life is permanent. We must have eternal life. Let me just tell you what Moses said in Exodus 32. And <clears throat> you don't have to turn to every passage in the Bible. If you, if you want to, I've got the references there in the bulletin if you want to. But <clears throat> the Bible says or indicates that some can be blotted out. Moses it says in verse 31 of Exodus 32, Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Oh, this people have sinned a great sin and have made them gods of gold. Moses was so embarrassed and so discouraged because the people had made this idol of gold and were worshiping this, this golden statue instead of God. And, and he, he's begging for forgiveness. And he says, he says, and Moses returned to the Lord, all oh, these people have made this gold. Yet now if thou wilt forgive their sin, and, and, and very unusual in the Bible, there's this dash in that verse 31, 32. Yet if thou wilt forgive their sin, and it's almost like he just trails off like, like he's thinking about it. And then he says, and if not, blot me, I pray thee, out of thy book which thou hast written. And the Lord said unto Moses, whosoever hath sinned against me will I blot out of my book. So we understand that even though there is a book called life, some people will be blotted out of the book. Now, I don't want to be one of those people, and you don't either. Psalm 69, 28 says, Let them be blotted out of the book of the living and not be written with the righteous. And then notice Matthew 7. Again, you can turn with me to Matthew 7 if you would. I'm just going to read it. And whether you turn there or not, just listen to what it says. But Matthew chapter 7 this is very interesting, and I hope you're listening. Matthew seven twenty one. Jesus said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. And what is the will of God? That we would turn to Christ and be born again. That we would turn to Christ and accept Christ as the sacrifice and payment for our sin. Verse 22 says, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works? Listen, that last word in that verse 22, works, is what a lot of people are counting on. A lot of people are counting on doing good works to please God. Let me tell you something. Your name cannot stay in the book of life just by your good works. It will not be good enough. How good do you have to be? Nobody knows. I think that this was a great idea for a lot of religions of the world because then you can get people very guilty and thinking, I got to keep doing good works for God so that I can hopefully please him. And so then they would use that guilt trip to try to get people to come to church and do more and give more and blah, 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 blah. Can I tell you right now, you do not have to come to this church to go to heaven. You do not have, in fact, you cannot do good works to go to heaven. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, it is by grace that we're saved, not of works. 
lest any man should boast. I mean, let's just say that I got some inside information from heaven saying that I have done enough good works to, to go to heaven. Let's just, say I, let's just say I made it up. Ed, you're looking at somebody who's achieved it. How about you, Ed? What's your problem? And I could just start, what, what, what would I do? I would become the most braggart of, in the whole world. I mean, I'd just brag. I'd be, I'd be so boastful. And you know what? Nobody can because it isn't by works. It's by the blood of the lamb. It's by grace. It's by his sacrifice for us. It's by his work, not my work. It is not by anything that I can do. And so when they said, Lord, don't you know we did many wonderful works in your name? Look at verse 23. And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. You know, if a person trusts in good works rather than salvation, those good works are actually really bad works. For instance, we have a baptistry. We baptize people here at our church. But the only people we baptize are people who have been born again. They know they're on their way to heaven. They have been saved. And now they want to demonstrate outwardly that profession of their faith in baptism. And we baptize people here. We do that. We like to do that. However, if you're not saved and you're just getting baptized, that's a work without the salvation. We don't baptize babies for that reason. Because a baby cannot possibly even understand what they're doing or thinking. But if someone trusts in a good work, going to church, I mentioned a minute ago, you don't have to go to church to go to heaven. Well, I sure hope you come next week, you know. But we don't emphasize any kind of work as how you go to heaven. Instead, we recognize that God would have us as believers and as we're born again to do things for him, to, to please him, but not to be saved. I'm saved whether I do one more good work or not. And that's only by the grace of God. And Luke chapter 10, verse 19 and 20, Jesus said, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions over all power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding, don't rejoice in that. In this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. You see, I found it, and I, I'm, I should have pointed this out before you turn the page, but in Matthew 7, 23, when Jesus said, I never knew you, that's, that's puzzling to me. Because doesn't God know everything? Is God lying there? Well, I'm going to get there in a minute, but that's, that's puzzling to me how he could say, I never knew you. Anyway, 1 John chapter 5, verse 12 says, He that hath the Son hath life. You see, Jesus said in John chapter 10, I give them life and life more abundantly. Right now, you all, every one of us, including me, has human life. That's why we're here. That's a gift from God. I'm totally against abortion because you're, you're, you're killing the gift of God and you're disrespecting it. I'm totally against murder of any kind. God says thou shalt not kill. And it's, it's a disrespect to the gift God's given someone else. But you and I know that that life can be lost. You and I know that that life, just human life, is not eternal by itself. This lady I mentioned a minute ago who is 
going to pass away soon. Just keeps listening to the gospel of John being played over and over. And just keeps quoting her favorite verse, Jesus wept. It's the easiest verse to remember. It's only two words. And I I thought, well, that's a great verse because as the cancer takes over her brain, it's hard to remember stuff. But two words ain't so hard. And I asked her, I said, Cassandra, why Jesus wept? Why is that your favorite? She said, because it just reminds me that he cares. And he cares about me. She said, what, what if I can't remember? What if I start to forget all that I know about Jesus and, and how he saved me? Because it starts to crowd out your mind. It's just the, it's eating at your memory. I said, well, the good news is he won't, rem- won't forget you. He'll remember. Big smile on her face. Folks, there is nothing more horrifying in the world to stand before the Creator and have Him say, I don't know you. You don't want to be deleted. Years ago, in our old church building, I walked into the office and I turned on the computer. And I had just done a bunch of stuff the day before and entered a bunch of stuff into the computer and I pushed the button and um, and it made weird noises. And there's a little bit of smoke come out of it. You know, it's like... I unplugged it, plugged it back in, banged on it some more. And I called somebody and said, my computer won't turn on. Well, what was it doing? Well, it was just making these funny noises. And they asked this question. Did you save? Did, yesterday, did you remember to, to click save? And one great illustration of the idea of saved versus lost is our modern day computers. It doesn't matter how much I bang and and plead and 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 you know jump on top of the tower or whatever I want to do or find the most important guru in the world I can't retrieve what was there and the computer just kind of stares at me like I don't know what you're talking about and that is kind of the picture in my mind when God says I never knew you well wait a minute you're the creator of the universe how can you say because once I hit a delete button, it's deleted. Now, here, we love that concept when it comes to our sin. Because the Bible does say that he will forgive our sin and he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness and he will remove my sin as far as the east is from the west and the buried in the depths of the deepest sea. I want him to delete my sin, otherwise I'm in trouble. I want him to delete the record of my sin. I need him to delete the record of my sin. That's what the blood of Christ did for me on the cross. When I received Christ as my Savior and I trusted in him, he forgave me and he gives me his clean slate of righteousness and he takes my sin and it's gone. Oh, I love that delete button. But number three, the saved are permanently recorded in the Lamb's book of life. And it talks about in Hebrews 12, the general assembly and church of the firstborn which are written in heaven. I I want to be one of those written in heaven and praise God because of his promise I am. Philippians 4.3 says, whose names are in 
the book of life, the Christians, the saints in Philippi, those who had received the gospel. And number four, point number four, the Bible says in Revelation chapter number three, if you'll turn there with me, the saved are the overcomers. In Revelation chapter 3 and at Revelation chapter 12, I'll just look at chapter 12 first and then I'll go back to chapter 3. But Revelation chapter 12 and verse number 9 says, The great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan. So he's the most public enemy number one. He's the most filthy individual in the world which deceived the whole world. He was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. And verse 10 says, And I heard a loud voice saying, In heaven now has come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And notice verse 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. They overcame and and won against Satan because of Christ. If I were to stand before God, he already knows this, so he'll not ask me this question, but if I were to stand before God, he'd say, why should I let you into heaven? I would have to say one answer, only one answer, the the blood of the lamb. Just like in the Old Testament when they took the lamb's blood and put it over the doorposts of the homes and he passed over that night in Egypt, he said, if I see the blood, I will pass over you. I have the blood of the lamb over my heart's door and he passes over me. There is no other way. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony. They loved not their lives to the death. This death doesn't matter because there's still eternal life and so it's okay. I can overcome and the Christians are not afraid of death because they know their, their name is permanently recorded in the book of life. But notice chapter three of Revelation and verse five. Revelation three and five says, he that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. That idea of being an overcomer is not by works that we have done. That idea of being an overcomer is not anything that you and I can do. It's only through the blood of Christ as we saw in chapter 12. So the saved or the overcomers will not be blotted out of the book of life. And I have no worry. I have no concern about my name now. When I was born physically, I was a living person already before I was even born. But because one day I got born again, one day I received Jesus as my Savior, I understood that I'm a sinner, all have sinned to come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And I got eternal life that day when I prayed and asked Jesus Christ. It says in Romans chapter 10, if I would call on the name of the Lord, I would be saved. And I have called on him, I have received him. It says, whosoever shall call. Upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I received Jesus Christ as my Savior. And ever since that day, what God did, if I can just say it this way for the way of illustration, God just clicked the save button. God just made sure that I was permanently there in the record books of life. And I cannot be blotted out now. Imagine going through a phone book. Probably some in here don't know what a phone book is anymore. We used to have those things. But imagine going through a phone book alphabetically and, and then seeing these gaps with just spaces. So what's that? Well, that's people that used to exist, but they don't exist anymore. That's kind of what the book of life will be. It will be God on Judgment Day opening the books and going down and seeing gaps where they used. And, and that's why he can say, I never knew you, because according to the record, you don't. And, and, and so the idea of saved versus lost 
back to our our outline here. It says in point number five, many unsaved will worship the beast and they will be permanently deleted out of the book. Look at Revelation chapter 13. Revelation chapter 13 and verse 8, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship this false Christ whose names are not written in the book of the life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Chapter 17 and verse 8 gives us the understanding that he will fool them and they will be deceived. Does anybody besides, especially after this week, does anybody besides me scratch your head and say, what in the world are these people thinking? How in the world can these people think the way they think? Listen, when you're not saved, you are a blind, lost, fool, dead in trespasses and sins. You don't have a good, you're just animalistic. Whatever feels good at the moment. That's what's going on in our world right now. You want to get humans to do something? Just do the same thing you do with animals. Just prod them. Just use something, you know, wave something in front of them they like. Or zap them from the backside, and that's and that's how that's that's how we're being treated today. Because because sheep don't think. But when you're born again, you're following a shepherd. You might still be a sheep, but now you're following a shepherd, and the shepherd does all the thinking, and you just follow him, and he directs your path. But we're we're seeing a world where they're not following the shepherd, and the foolish things that are going on right now are happening because. They're blinded by the Antichrist, blinded by the Antichrist system. And it says that they are not written in the book of life. And Revelation chapter 20, and this is, this is, this is huge now. Revelation chapter 20, verse 11. And I saw a great white throne in him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. Now, those who have life would not be called the dead. So obviously, these are people who died without Christ, and they are forever called dead. This might be hard for us to understand or for, for you to comprehend, but when you die without Christ, you are lost and you are, called, you are dead. The Bible says those that are without Christ are dead in their trespasses and sins. If you're not saved, you are getting closer to the day of your death, and that's it. And once you die, there's a second death called hell. We'll see that in just a minute. It says, they stood before God. In verse 12, and the books were open, another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Why? Because they're not trusting in Jesus, so the only thing they've got is their works. And they're in trouble. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And I don't care how religious you were, I don't care how good you were according to man's barometer, it won't be good enough. And that's why back in Matthew 7 he said, I'm sorry, depart from me, I never knew you. And notice verse 14, and death and hell were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death. Whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And it doesn't matter if you say, see, I'm right there. Well, I used to be there. See the gap between that name and that name, that gap. That's where my name used to be. I'm sorry, but you're not there now.
This is serious. The unsaved will be blotted out and will be judged and sentenced to death. And as you just saw in Revelation 20, verse 14, it's the second death. It's interesting to me, and I like to think of it this way. Jesus said, you must be born again. If you're just born the first time, that's human. But if you're truly born again into the Spirit of God and you're born again into the family of God through Jesus Christ and you're adopted into his family, that is a new birth. That is the second birth. And I know people have misused that idea of born again, but it's a Bible term. I was driving down in Boulder, Colorado years ago, and there was this little car next to me. I think it was a little Subaru or something. And and um, if you know anything about Boulder, Colorado, it's kind of the land of the fruits and the nuts. And there was a couple fruits driving the car, it looked like, and they had this cardboard sign that they had taped in the window. They couldn't possibly know I was Christian. I mean, I'm just driving next to them. I don't think it was intended for me. I think it was intended for everybody that drove by their car. But they had this cardboard sign in the back window that said, born okay the first time. I read that. Listen, nobody, nobody is born okay the first time. We all have to be born again. If we want our name permanently recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life. Now, Do you know how many names God wants to blot out? Do you know how many names God is hoping he can erase? Zero. He's the giver of life. And the only reason why they can't have it is if they reject him. He that hath the son hath life. And if you reject Jesus Christ and his gift for you on the cross, that is the rejection of life. And all who are in heaven today and all who will be in heaven will be in heaven only by one person and that's Jesus Christ. The Bible talks about it in Daniel. The books were opened. These books are for real. By the way, I, I can't help but notice as I read Revelation and it talks about the judgment and the books being opened that God doesn't use tablets or iClouds or anything like that. Pretty smart. No, he just used good old-fashioned books. And, and people can say, I don't believe that. You will see the books one day. I don't believe in this Lamb's Book of Life stuff. You will see it one day. It'll be too late then. <clears throat> and lastly, number seven, in heaven, all the names of the saved, only those permanently recorded in the Book of Life, All will be there. Revelation 21, verse 27, and there shall in no wise enter into it, talking about heaven, anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. It doesn't matter how many people knew you on earth and how much you did and all this, blah, blah, blah. That won't matter. What will matter is, are you in the Lamb's book of life on judgment day. That's the only thing that will matter. And as I close today, I want to have you go to two places. One is Luke 16, and one is Proverbs chapter 10. Proverbs chapter number 10, and Luke 16. 
Luke 16 is the story of the rich man and Lazarus. Jesus tells the story of a certain rich man, verse 19, which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores, and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried, and in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. Question, what is the name of the beggar? Lazarus. <clears throat> what is the name of the rich man? One day I was reading my Bible, as I, I, I read every morning, and I, I was reading Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 7, and it says this, The memory of the just is blessed but the name of the wicked shall rot and I thought about the rich man and Lazarus why do we say the rich man and Lazarus well Lazarus was a beggar why don't we say the rich man and the beggar because today Lazarus is not a beggar today Lazarus is in heaven and the reason why we know his name is because he's still got his name in the book of life. And you know why the rich man doesn't have a name anymore? Because he's lost. You say, well, but, but doesn't God... Remember, he said, depart from me. But I was a rich man. I mean, I was important. I could get whatever I wanted. Yeah, but in this world, you don't exist. You're lost in hell. The second death, it's gone. See, in Revelation, it says, God will wipe away all tears from their eyes. And when we get to heaven, God will wipe away all tears from their eyes and there'll be no more sorrow or pain. The only way that can be is for God to erase our memory of our loved ones that didn't get to heaven. Do you realize that? I mean, because some of us, we've got loved ones who are in hell today or will be because they rejected Jesus. And the only way that we can enjoy heaven and not constantly be thinking about the people in hell is because he will delete the memory of their existence forever. Now, they still exist in hell, but they are lost. And this is why you need to be saved you'll be lost because the Lamb's book of life is for real. Let's close our eyes for a moment and bow our heads. Our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Of all the things that we do around here, of all the things that we do at Mountain View Baptist Church, what we talked about today is the most important thing in the world. This is the gospel. This is the warning and the preparation to understand. You need Christ. You don't just need to know about him. You don't just need to know the story that he died on a cross. No, you personally need to trust his gift of salvation, his payment on the cross for you. Recognize that he died on the cross for every human being, including you, and whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you can be one of those whosoevers.
and you can have the guarantee and the confidence and the assurance that my name is permanent in the Lamb's Book of Life. I have that because I received Christ years ago. And I wonder if maybe someone here today would say, I I don't know that I have that, but I want it before it's too late. I want to know that my salvation is secure in Jesus. With our heads bowed, I just want to ask this to you as we sit here. Would there be someone that would lift your hand and say, Pastor, I'm not sure, but I'd love to talk to you about it. I'd love to have maybe you or someone show me from the Bible what it is I'm not understanding or what I need to know or how I can just simply pray and ask Jesus to save me. Would there be anyone that would be willing to talk with me or someone after church today? Just raise your hand if that's you. This is just an invitation from me to you saying, I want to talk to you about that. Anyone at all? And even though you didn't raise your hand today, that doesn't mean the invitation still isn't open. Because if you're troubled and concerned about your soul, you call me or you get into the word of God and you find the answers. I'll be glad to help you. And those of us who are saved, did you not feel it when we talked about it today? Did you not think about people you know that probably aren't saved? Did you not think about maybe someone that you don't want to have to have God erase your your memory because they're not there? This is what it's all about. This is why we give out literature with the gospel on it. This is why we do all the things that we do, young and old alike, because we're trying to reach people with the good news of Jesus Christ before it's too late. God's not willing that any should perish. God doesn't want anyone in hell. He wants everyone to be saved, but it's a free will choice. It's something they must make and you must make yourself. Let's close in prayer today. Lord, we thank you for your word. I do not know everybody in our midst here today. And even if I do know them, I don't know their heart. But God, help us to understand the importance of the Lamb's Book of Life. Your desire, in fact, you gave everyone life. From the time we were conceived and born, we were already recorded in your book. It's not your desire to blot us out. It's not your desire to blot out anyone. But Lord, it's up to us. It's our choice to turn to Christ and receive him and him alone. Not religion, not some good works, not something else we're trusting in, not even baptism or church member, but just you, just you. And I pray that if there's someone that has not turned to you for salvation, that they would today, that you would just use your word to speak to them even after this service is over. And Lord, help us to be very motivated and conscientious of people. We get into the busy part of the year and the hustle and bustle. But may we always look at every individual and realize they are going somewhere forever. And help us to say a kind word, to say something from the word of God, the gospel message. Help us to give them something. Help us to encourage them to turn to you. And we ask this. In Jesus' name, amen. We're dismissed today.